about eight years ago, and this is a true story, there was a man who went down to the, one of the major subway stations in New York City and put his hat out and began to play the violin. Uh, and he played for about an hour. This is a, a sight that one sees quite commonly in Europe uh, it, and not so much in the United States. Uh, although one does see that. And one, if one appreciates the, you know, the effort, one might leave a dollar or something for, for this person. And he played for about an hour and then left. In total, 27 people left a little bit of money in his hat. 1,080 people passed by without stopping. What's interesting about that story and why I saved it when it first was published uh, is because the person that did that's name was Joshua Bell. Does that name ring a bell to anybody? No pun. Oh, that was a good pun. Did that ring a bell? Did that ring a bell to anybody? His name was Joshua Bell. No, 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 anybody know who that is? Oh, good. Now, Joshua Bell, I didn't know until I read this story. Joshua Bell is one of the most acclaimed violinists in this country. Uh, violin he was playing was a Stradivarius for $3 million. This man sold out Carnegie Hall the week before or the week after, I can't remember which it was, uh, playing that same repertoire. And people paid a fortune to get in to see him. But in that subway station, 27 people stopped and left a dollar. How about that? Now, when I read that, I thought, how like Christ this is, this story, because how often we, it's, this, this theme comes up so often in the scriptures of not recognizing the value of something when one has it. And, and Jesus, in this story, for example, is very acclaimed. Everybody loves him. Why, last week we heard, or, and two weeks ago, that Jesus had been around Capernaum and He'd healed all these people and taught them, and they were spellbound. And so off he goes with the disciples across the sea, and people follow him, and he gets there, and then there they are, all those same people waiting to be fed and taught again. And so Jesus does that. Now we're picking up the story in John's gospel. Each of the four gospels has got this story of Jesus multiplying the loaves and fishes. That's why we hear it so often. And some of the gospels have it twice. Jesus did this more than once. It must be really important. So when you open it up, here's Jesus, and they're so impressed with him, the way he speaks, he heals people, and now he's, he's multiplied all this food. Everybody knows there wasn't enough. They're off in this deserted place up near probably the Decapolis region, which is uh, now near Syria, and uh, it, was a not, it was a non-Jewish area, a lot of food they couldn't eat. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere, no Safeway nearby, you know what I mean? And so Jesus is, or I should say Hagen or whatever it is up the road here, and so Jesus um, performs this miracle, and they want to make him a king. Jesus doesn't want to be made a king. It's hastening his death is what he's done. You know, word's going to get out, and now he's a threat to the powers that be, see? So Jesus, um, but fast forward a little to the cross. There's five people left. Where are these people? Where have they gone? You see, it's the same Jesus. He's teaching on the cross without words, isn't he? He's feeding the people with his body and blood the night before he died. And forever with us today, he's still feeding us with that Passover meal, the Last Supper. And he's healing people, healing us 
of our mortality and giving us eternal life. But five people recognized it. Even the disciples left, except for John. And this, this scene plays it out in our lives quite frequently. Jesus, at times, we just think he's, you know, if you've ever had a, a religious experience, you feel like God is, is, is everywhere. Every, the scriptures open up for you and you can see him in the, in the clouds and, and every prayer is answered. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. You know, I, I have. And then suddenly God is gone. Somebody, something happens and you wonder where God is. And, and Jesus, um, these, these stories exist in the Bible because they're, they're our stories. And the Lord is acting in the same way constantly. This, this exchange with Philip is a really funny one. Poor Philip, I feel sorry for him. He's only got two lines in the gospel and he blows it both times really badly. I mean, in the, the first time we hear him, he says to the Lord, um, he says, uh, both in John's gospel, he says, Lord, show us the Father and that'll be enough for us. Well, he gets two pages of dialogue about why that was the wrong question to ask. Well, I wouldn't ask any more questions if the Lord spent been an hour explaining that was wrong. And in this gospel, he, Jesus looks at Philip and he says, what are we going to do here, you know? Uh, he's testing Philip. And Philip says, oh, oh my gosh, even 200 days wages couldn't feed all these people. That was the wrong answer. The bread of life is standing right in front of him who created everything. Oh, 200 days wages. We have so little faith in you, you know? And uh, the Lord is... This exchange goes on constantly in our lives whenever we don't have enough of something. Uh, are you going to feed me now, Lord? This has happened. What am I going to do? Um, so often we pass Jesus by in the subway, don't we? Um, he looks so valuable to us here at church. We recognize him. Most of us Catholics recognize him in the Eucharist. Next two weeks we're going to be talking about the Mass. Uh, Jesus is the bread of life. We recognize him in the Word. Uh, it, it's wonderful. Uh, and, and then we go out and we don't recognize him in the world because that's where we live. We don't live here. We come here to be fed and energized and brought forth, and then we find Jesus in the subway and we pass him by without even stopping. Where did we see Jesus? Where did you see Jesus this week? It's um, one place that we saw him here was at Vacation Bible School. Why do we bother with Vacation Bible School? It's not a week of babysitting. It's a lot of fun. It's also a lot of work. And everybody here, almost everybody here was a volunteer. Why do we do this? Well, because Jesus is present there. We give Jesus to the kids and they give Jesus to us. And he's hidden in every child that came here. And some of them, maybe even if a couple of them's lives are changed or they find a relationship with Christ, this is worth it. We find Jesus not just in beggars on the corner, although that's certainly part of it, isn't it, in our troubled society today, Everybody that is considered excess is Jesus, you know. I always see Jesus in the troubled, in the, uh, if I find somebody with, for example, Down syndrome, I know that's Christ. That's the role. Uh, somebody whom society does not want is precisely who Jesus is. They're here that we might love them and find a place for them in society. Those at both ends of life that are vulnerable. I find him, I found him this week a lot in sick rooms. We've had a lot of ill people in our, in our parish the last couple of weeks. And when I go into a room, I've said this before, is it's always Christ that is suffering there. It's always Jesus in disguise. It doesn't, you don't realize it, but I usually see family present in the room. Somehow we know what's valuable when something happens, don't we? Suddenly, nothing else matters but the person we love. 
and that person is Christ and the people around the bed are like Mary Magdalene and John and those that recognized the true value of someone and are staying there making sacrifices to fly in or, or to come even though it's difficult because we, we want to be present and this is Christ and he rewards us. The thing is is that I often find myself with only five loaves and two fish. Uh, one of my first and best spiritual principles is if you don't have enough money for the job, give God what you have. You know, this is not a tithing sermon, but the reality is if you give God those two cents, he'll put the 98 in for you. So this is what Christ does. He says, give me what you have. You've only got five loaves and two fish. This was a, a standard meal for people on the go. This was the barley loaves is what people ate there and uh, the fish is either dried or pickled and it was, came from the Sea of Galilee. They still call this St. Peter's fish. You get these out of the sea and they would travel with this. It, it traveled well. So this, is, this boy was there and Jesus took that and we don't exactly know how he did this. Probably put some in each basket and uh, the disciples kept pulling it out and it just kept coming. And when we are kind to a salesperson that has nothing to offer us, when we uh, do something in a small sacrifice for someone, it comes back to us over and over again. And at the end of our lives, we're going to find that all these people were Christ. And we'll say, well, why did you do it that way, Lord? Um, he said, well, if you were listening, you would understand this is what life is about. It's all about finding me. I'm going to hide in all these different ways, and your job is to find what really, what's really valuable in life. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know what, what, what is valuable in life. They're searching for same things these people are, to be taught well, to be fed by Christ, to be healed, and then to be given eternal life. We're all seeking something beyond this world, whether we know it or not. This world can't satisfy us. Uh, to live here forever would be hell. Eventually, there's, we'd, we'd have done it all. There has to be something more, and Christ is offering that. So um, today we, we ask ourselves, like I did this week, where did I see you in the subway station and did not recognize you? Um, Christ, it was different for each of us, but Christ was there. Um, he, doesn't look, he won't look valuable. That's the secret. He's not going to look valuable. Uh, the real Christ is going to look like somebody that's rejected. And that's where we find Christ. Um, this gospel, this multiply, when we do see him and acknowledge him, mainly in the people around us, but sometimes the will of God, which is tough, uh, then he begins to multiply the loaves and fishes in our lives. We may not make the connection right away, but that abundance comes from doing the will of God. And that is the secret that God offers us today. He asks us like Philip, what will you do? And Jesus knows the answer, but waits for us to discover it.